great marketing shouldn't feel like marketing. How can this actually feel like a pleasurable experience and a gift that you're giving to the customer or the prospect as opposed to we are corporate and we are doing this thing to you called marketing and you're going to endure it? Hi, before we get to this week's podcast, I'd like to tell you that Automated Creative are releasing a book called How to Make It in Marketing, Volume 1. It is a collection of the best marketing career advice we've had from over 200 episodes of the Shiny New Object podcast. You'll hear from some of the biggest, brightest and best names in the industry showing you telling you how to grow your career. You can reserve yourself a copy at this URL. So get your pens out. It's bit.ly, so B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash make it in marketing. So that's bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash make it in marketing. But the make it in marketing bit is in capital letters. So bit.ly forward slash lowercase and the rest is make it in marketing uppercase. I think you should get your heads around that. And enjoy. It's a great read. Hello and welcome to the Shiny New Object Podcast. My name is Tom Wallerton. I'm the founder of Automated Creative. And this is a weekly podcast where I get the privilege of interviewing someone very interesting, very successful from the industry. And this week is no different. I'm on a call with Katrina Walkerton, who is VP Global Marketing at Logicalis. Katrina, for anyone who doesn't know who you are and what you do, could you give the audience a bit of background? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Tom. So as you mentioned, I'm the Global Vice President of Marketing for Logicalis. Logicalis is a global technology solutions provider, and I look after their brand, content, campaigns, go-to-market, etc., for the global team. I've worked in technology for over 20 years across a range of different organizations, large and small, startups, scale-ups, large enterprises, and I have um, worked on both sides of the equator as well, or or the hemispheres. I've worked North Hemisphere, uh, South Hemisphere. I actually just moved from Australia this time last year, so still adjusting to the British weather. So that's an impressive career and set of locations, but what has been your biggest screw up today what was that hand in face red face moment that was awful at the time but has made you the marketer you are today yeah sure so uh i'm going to give a story uh from pretty early on in my career um which has still makes me kind of go red to this day to think about um but i've got to set a little context for it first so i did a degree in in media and popular culture so it was kind of a degree it doesn't really qualify you for a job in the real world and I think the lecturers toward the end of our our tenure at uni were like we've got to prepare these poor blighters for um for the working world and the the topic they've chosen to learn is not going to help with that um so I remember at this last term they really focused on getting us ready for the workforce and um one of the lecturers kept saying, you know, in the workforce, never advertise your ignorance, take the initiative. And, and I was like, okay, that's something I can take out of this, this three-year degree, never advertise your ignorance. So I rock up on my first kind of couple of months at Oracle, who are one of the, one of the largest technology companies, um, they certainly were at the time. Um, everyone's speaking this corporate jargon, I'm not really sure what's going on, very green, kind of fresh out of uni. And 
when my boss was on holiday after the first few months, this request came in to um, run an email campaign to some clients. Um, and so I got an email um, as he was on holiday uh, saying, potential revenue generating opportunity. We've got to get this email out to our clients and prospects. Um, here's some of the text. Uh, let's kind of chat about it. And I was like, you know what? Here's my opportunity to really take the initiative. And while I haven't run an email campaign in inverted commas before, I mean, I have Lotus Notes, I've got my laptop, I've got the list that they've given me, and I've got this half-baked copy. So I was like, I could take the initiative, have this all done before my boss gets back from holiday. And I was already kind of basking in the pr the praise um, that was going to inevitably come from, from taking the initiative. What I didn't kind of take into account was um, that was the completely wrong way to go about it. Um, I had half-baked copy that wasn't even kind of finished, but because I didn't really understand corporate jargon at that stage, it all just sounded like gobbledygook to me. So I was like, right, I'm just going to put the whole 900 um, client names um, in my um, Lotus Notes in the to field. Um, so exposing all of the database um, clients to each other. And then I was like, well, I've got the copy, just whack that into the email. Hmm. Now for the heading, well, they've written potential revenue generating opportunity in their email to me. So I'm just going to put that in the heading um, and send it out to all their clients, fully visible of who we're working with um, as well. Um, so needless to say, when my boss got back from holiday, um, well, the, when the sales team found out what I did, they went ballistic. Um, luckily, I think this was before GDPR, because I'm sure sharing 900 um, client contacts with each other wasn't the best. But the lesson I learned from that is don't always take the initiative. Sometimes it's really good to ask clarifying questions and make sure that you fully understand the task and um, and what's expected of you. So that has stuck with me to this day. I'm surprised you've recovered at all. It's but it was 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only just getting over it. <laughs> Although therapy was worthwhile. But thank you for sharing. It's a brilliant story. So that's a learning experience, let's call it. But what's a great marketing tip that you've picked up over the years that you share most often? Yeah, so I wasn't given this tip directly, but it's a quote that I love. And it's from the um, the marketing cartoonist, Tom Fishburne. And he says, um, great marketing shouldn't feel like marketing. And so I try and live by that when I'm putting together, whether it's content, campaigns, an event, like how can this actually feel like a pleasurable experience and a gift that you're giving to the customer or the prospect as opposed to we are corporate and we are giving we are doing this thing to you called marketing and you're going to endure it mm, i love that how do you do it how do you do it so i despite the fact i'm not necessarily the audience um you know we we are gearing towards an it audience but i feel like humans in general like to read things that are interesting that they don't read every day or if it's an event you don't want to be sold to you know you want to actually have enjoy the five star surroundings that this organization's put on for you but without having that horrible feeling like you're being sold to the whole evening so so i think it's it's taking a human first approach as opposed to 
you are a prospect, you are a potential lead, and I want to convert you in um, in the space of the, the campaign duration, which is six weeks. So how do you catch yourself doing it? Because I think that's a lovely point you've made. But yeah, you have hired a like a, a six star venue, whatever. You've put on some nice food. The, there's name tags. People are sat in chairs. Like surely they're sitting there going, "Come on, when, when's the pitch? When's the pitch?" How how do you make sure that they're they're not thinking that? How do you keep the romance alive? So it's it's hard, and I won't say that throughout my twenty year career I've got it right every time. But I think, and I think there's a balance as well. Like they know that they're, they're there at the behest of a, a corporation who has targets, etc. So I think you can do it in a respectful way where they actually get to enjoy, you know, the venue, etc. And then you kind of place in some of your experts that could potentially share some really interesting information and insights um, that that bring an interesting conversation or dynamic to the um, to the discussion, but without the heavy sell. Like you know, do you have budget? Do you have a? So it's it's just avoiding that kind of hard close because that can happen outside the event or after the activity if if the person's really showing an interest. So almost make marketing marketing and not make marketing sales. Or am I just getting too carried away here? Probably. Anyway, look, this is fascinating for me and, and my own job. So I'll maybe come off track a bit for the podcast. This episode of the Shiny New Object podcast is brought to you in partnership with Manfest. Whether it's live in London or streamed online to the global marketing community, you can always expect a distinctive and daring blend of fast-paced content, startup innovation pitches, and unconventional entertainment from Madfest events. You'll find me causing trouble on stage, recording live versions of this podcast, and sharing a beer with the nicest and most influential people in marketing. Check it out at www.madfestlondon.com. But what we're going to do now is talk about your shiny new object, which is sustainability in marketing. So I think it's clear what sustainability in marketing is, but why is this your shiny new object? Yeah, so for me, um, and I don't know about you, but sustainability has out of you know gradually but then all at once become the unwritten mandatory brand value so and i think marketing has a huge role to play in ensuring that we both shape the narrative and share our organization's story and efforts in reducing carbon emissions or whatever else it is that your organization is doing on this journey to you know stop the planet or or kind of reduce the impact of the planet being on fire um, so for me, this can go a couple of ways, as we've probably seen in the media over the last couple of years. Um, there are some organizations who are doing this really well, working with credible um, accredited organizations like Science-Based Targets Initiative to set and work towards meaningful targets. And then you get the other side of the fence, those organizations who are thrown to the walls for greenwashing and overstating claims. Um, and it can make or break your brand. So you do want to be on the right side of that. And so who do you think is getting this right? So uh, an organization that I look up to, um, well, I mean, generally in terms of all organizations, I think Nirvana is is Patagonia. Obviously, the um, the founder of that just gave back all of his kind of profits and I think signed the company over to all future profits going towards um, 
saving the planet, basically. Um, and then from a product perspective, they use all recycled materials. They offer to, um, you know, mend the garments that they sell instead of kind of getting you to buy new ones. So, I mean, th that's a nirvana. Um, and in the tech industry, you know, there's a couple of organizations who are doing really well. Um, Siemens are, have been carbon neutral, I think, for the last six years. Um, and they're building innovative solutions to actually try and help their customers as well. And, and that's something that Logicalis, the organization I work for, is also on the path to doing. So, yeah, very excited about that. And so when does this need to kick in? Like, if, what if you're a, you're a marketer and you work for a, a large FMCG, like a Unilever or something like that, and you know, you've got a marketing budget and you're responsible for social channels, but you can't you don't really have budget or time or authority to really make these changes. So how how can marketers be more sustainable if, if they don't have the seniority or the influence to to make a big big move like, you know, giving all profits back to the planet? Absolutely. So there's a few things that, that everybody can kind of start with. And depending on how close the marketer um, who's listening to this is to the kind of executive level and, and has a seat at that table, um, but I mean, some of the things that that, for example, we started at the early stages is is really just kind of measuring the current carbon output. And you can work with a range of organizations to do that. Um, Logicala started reporting last year to the Carbon Disclosure Project. I'm not sure if that cost you much or well, anything to do. And then setting a commitment with the Science Based Targets Initiative, because you can do a range of things that that will actually save you money like um reducing your um energy costs is obviously taking uh carbon out but also taking cost out of your business um and moving to renewable energy um which may have a bit of a, an overhead when you kind of implement it but but then will be you know save you tons of of um money in the longer term Okay, and so who's, who do you really see is not doing this well? Who do you think's fallen foul of of trying to say the right thing but actually delivering the wrong thing? Yeah, so well, a couple of organisations spring to mind. Um, I think Ryanair um, got lambasted. I think it was last year or the year before because they they had on their strap line, um, "We are the lowest emission airline" or something like that, um, and the advertising standards agency basically said there is no evidence to support this whatsoever take that ad down take away that that tagline um more recently the fifa world cup in qatar so they kind of put out it's the first um carbon neutral world cup that's ever happened um but actually they achieved that by offsets which are a no-no in the um in the kind of carbon reduction world. So an organization like the Science-Based Targets Initiative, for example, would say that's not carbon neutral. You, you can't just plant a forest full of trees um, and then just kind of pollute and go, oh, that's fine. So help me understand why that isn't a solution for, for the people wanting to do this properly. So uh, look, I'm not a climate scientist, but what I gather from the um, 
sustainability lead that I work with, who's also like they're a big no-no, is um, you're not taking enough carbon out. Um, prevention is is way better than the cure of kind of planting trees to absorb what's already there. So um, for an organisation to really be on the um, on the right side of that, they need to be looking at um, a net zero kind of formal commitment that that looks at taking carbon out of their business rather than just offsetting it. It's kind of like, yeah, offsetting, you know, like like um, offsetting uh, taxes by putting your money in a Swiss bank account. It's not really the right thing to be doing. <laughs> That's a nice analogy. So one thing that confuses me a little bit, I wonder if you could help me understand it, that there's, with all these things, there's a first mover advantage, right? You know, so I think I've talked about on the podcast before that like Brewdog are carbon positive and Siemens, as you mentioned, being carbon neutral for six years, that there's a story in that, that that's its own message, that's got its own cut through, that's got its own press pickup. So is it just going to be a case that people, you know, people are going to get hounded into it, no bad thing, but once everyone's doing it, does it lose all of its value? From a from a sorry from a marketing perspective, sorry. Yeah, I don't think so uh, for a couple of reasons. So, it's not going to be long, I think, until this stuff is going to be legislated. So it's it really gives you a heads up, you know, to 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 make that move now. First mover advantage is great. I think we've kind of we're in the middle of a pack now, and and then it's going to be the laggards that are that are going to be left behind. But I think for marketers, it's about as well. Um, telling the the opportunity to tell their brand story, um, but in an in a way that's actually really credible and transparent, because you know even if you're just doing a small things like switching to renewable, switching to electric car schemes, um, you know re- more recycling schemes for e waste things like that. Um, these are all really positive things that will have a have an impact. And then it's up to the marketers to actually tell some of those brand stories. And I don't think they lose currency the more people that do it, because you know, our customers are telling us um there's a there's a I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but there's three different scopes of carbon emissions. Um scope one and two are really in, you know, your organization's control, like um electricity heating your cars or the vehicles etc running the building and then scope three which is the really hard one to say that you're carbon neutral are the ones in your supply chain and your organization so the customers that we work with are telling us and they're kind of you know large enterprises um, that we work with on big it projects but they want to work with organizations that are working towards carbon neutrality. And so how we deliver services and technology to them matters because we won't have customers if we don't get really clear on these scope three emissions um, so that we can actually work with, with these organizations for their reporting because we're in their supply chain, if that makes sense. It does. And unfortunately, we're going to have to and the recording now because we've run out of time but I, i've learned i've learned so much from this um, and i feel schooled and educated and a bit humble and stupid that i didn't know a lot of these things and so i'm sure that the audience will have also learned at least as much as as me in in, in this interview and i katrina i really appreciate your time if someone wants to get in touch with you about sustainability and marketing or anything else we've talked about where 
is a good place to get in touch with you and what makes a great outreach message to you? Yeah, so LinkedIn is a great place to connect um, directly with me. And yeah, just just let's talk about sustainability will be a good headline. And then you can check out our website, logicalist.com as well for all of our content on our journey in sustainability and, and the blogs, et cetera, that we've put together as guidance for how to tell that story as a marketer. Fantastic. Katrina, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure. Thank you. Hi, just before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you could take the time to write a review of the Shiny New Object Podcast on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever it's called these days, or whichever podcast provider you use. We're an indie podcast, so it would go a long way for us if you could just share the word and give us a bit of a support on those channels. That would just be fantastic. If you haven't got time, that's also cool. And yeah, if you could tell your colleagues about the podcast and also if possible, don't forget to subscribe. And I'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, if you'd like to speak on the podcast or be a guest or you think I'm asking the wrong questions, anything, I'd be super interested to hear what you think. So please email me at tom at automatedcreative.net. That's T-O-M at, uh, I'm not going to bother spelling it. Anyway, you'll work it out. Thanks so much.